It is time for the new Dan Vogler 4D Experience Podcast. Are you ready? Buckle in. Let's go for a ride. I, I was having internet issues. But, but okay. I, you didn't announce yourself. I didn't even hear you. Oh, I said, Sam. They said, please, please announce yourself. And I went, Sam. Oh, I didn't even. <laughs> oh, I thought you said Sorry. Dan. That's why I was like, oh, oh, hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> How are you? This is. This is pretty cool. I'm all right. I'm a little bit stressed because we're moving, but it's oh um, no. But I'm, but I'm okay. How are you? Are you in London? I'm in London. Lockdown in London. How how, how did you spend your birthday? Oh, we had a. I had a great birthday actually. It was one of those kind of really chilled mornings. Um, breakfast in bed, and then. With the kids, of course, you know, and the the gifts in in bed, and then we went out and we played football in the field, which I love because I love a kickabout. And nice. then we had a little tea party, and we had a disco, a mummy disco, and I was Sammy DJ, and I made everyone dress up, and Teddy was, of course, had to be Godzilla, and then, um, and then Harry was Godzilla as well, so I had two Godzillas. And then Evie just looked like a little rude girl. She had on this T shirt that says Fuck off <laughs> She's one of like an old an old band T shirt. And then she had on like this little waistcoat I've got from the like from the seventies, like from a thrift store that says Butch on it. And then she had she's got these really cool long socks and a little converse and she's twelve and she's like just just dressing whatever, however she feels every day, and it's always a joy. And I'm like, you look really cool. So yeah, so I had a brilliant birthday. It was good. That's great. I you have yeah you have an ED too. So is she your youngest? She is my youngest. Jay. No, no, Teddy's my youngest. He's six. He was six in lockdown. Wow. Poor little mite. I know, I know. And it was before, like it was when it all. It was like his birthday was March thirty first. And it was when it was all kind of new to us, what we were dealing with. And we had no way of getting food at that point. So we just had what we had in the pantry and and we wanted to make him a cake. And we had like wholemeal bread flour. That's all we had. And like, you know, so we kind of trying to rock everything the best we could. And we, because we live quite rurally as well, we don't live near any shops. So it's not like you can... You know, and at that point, the shops were, you know, the shops are closed and you can't go anywhere to get like balloons or bunting or, you know, he can't have a party. And and I was thinking, oh, maybe we'd do like a Zoom party and things like that. And then I'd heard that Zoom wasn't, you know, these things weren't safe. And so we, you know, he had a good party, but Teddy's six and then Edie's 12 and then Esme's 20. 
so I've got them all spread out. You know. Are they all with you? They're all no, with Esme's. Okay. No, Esme was in Nashville when it all kicked off, okay. and then she was in Chicago, and she's now in London. I don't know when I'm next going to see her, but I've got my babies, my little little ones with me. So are you are you in London for work? Are you doing Beast? Yeah, we were about to do Fantastic Beast three. They had me all shaved down. I had my mustache and everything, and I was headed to oh, work. Oh, bless you! And they said, "Nope, turn around." And I've been here ever since. Uh, this, um, yeah, yeah. When do we start? We were supposed to start uh, um, March. Yeah, March first. Oh man, I can't even. Oh my uh, gosh. And are you are you in the same house that you were in before? Have you got your family with you? I'm with my family. I'm in a very lovely house. Oh, lovely. We have a lovely garden, and I have um, my kids are uh, four and seven, and uh, my oldest is Edie, and uh, I got Edie and Franny, and uh, so you know they're they're keeping me um, they're keeping me sane. Uh, yeah. You know, and they they have each other. You know that the age difference isn't too yeah. crazy, so they yeah. they can play with each other, and that's really beautiful. Even if it's tricky at times because they're not you know socialising with other children, it's it's like the Teddy. He says to me on a pretty much a daily basis now, "Mommy, is I is this a dream? Am I having a dream now? Or is this real life?" Because he just wow. doesn't know what is going on you know he's he's finding and and Edie's 12 so she's obviously able to she's doing live schooling she's you know she has a lot of friends in Georgia from when we were there for two years and you know on and off two years so she's she has this kind of other life where she's connected to the outside world and he just isn't connected to anything other than us and and his you know his Mm. toys and playing outside and it's really tough you know, and, and being rural, like you think that being rural would be like idyllic because you're like, oh, we have this land and we can run with our dogs right. and we can play outside. And it is really beautiful. But there's something quite eerie about it as well, like end of the worldy, because we don't yeah. see any people, really. And I think when you're in a city, everyone's in it together. They're in lockdown together. You hear everyone coming out clapping and, you know, yeah. Thursday for the NHS and you... You, I don't know, even seeing other, like a street or hearing a bus or something is like, you know that the world is still, you know. And it's hard being here normally, even without flipping coronavirus, COVID-19, whatever, you know, it's hard being here. And, and the good thing, one of the reasons we moved here was that because we're always so busy traveling all over the world and having this really intense work life, that when we come home, it's just, so isolating away from the chaos but now we crave you know humanity and people and you know like you know all of that so it's pretty weird well it's is it's this tricky. a podcast or are we just having a chat sorry no this is a podcast it's, we're we're podcasting oh this is right the now. podcast I mean, it, oh right <laughs> yeah yeah. Okay. yeah i'm no, really I, stupid no you're i was good. like we're just no. having a chat before that's okay. what I wanted it to be. I want this. That's what I want okay. it to feel like. You know that we're just. Well, it does we're feel like talking. we're having a chat. Yeah, oh, yeah. no, that's when that's, the, cool. I think, 
that's when the best stuff happens, I think, when, you know, people are just relaxing. But um, yeah. I, I, was, I was saying, like, you know, when this first happened, the lockdown, and I was like, oh, shit, my, you know, my conspiracy theorist meter just went off, and I was like, all right, you know, here we go. Here come the, you know, my, my thing was like, if they, my, my, my bug out word is, you know, was uh, mandatory vaccinations. If they started saying mandatory vaccinations, that's when I, that's my plan is to take my family and go out to, uh, you know, the place near Stonehenge and just hunker down until the dust settles. You know? Yeah. Um, that, that, that's been my plan from the beginning. So we're, we, mm. we're just kind of in like this very relaxed zone sitting here and, yeah. you know, just outside of London. Um, yeah. And it seems like things are going to let us. And you still soon. get food delivered and stuff? Obviously, it's eased up a little bit, but you, you've been okay with getting food delivered and, we had, you know, educational food. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we've had food delivered from the beginning. You know, we, we you know, we have. That's really good. And we were able, we were able to stock up. There were, there were moments. Uh, I'd say about last month when you'd go onto the computer and you'd be on a five-hour wait to put your order in because yeah. everyone was just we couldn't you know you see what's so food. messed up here it's disgusting so we 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 were like we we have Harry's seventy-three-year-old mom living with us and we got her out of Nepal really quickly so. The day before they closed the border with um, India and Nepal, we got her out of Nepal, back to India, and then to Dubai, and then home. And she basically sold her home in London to go. Tra- like she she lives in India every year for a few months anyway. She runs a charity, and she's she's an amazing woman. She's seventy three, you know. But she she suddenly found herself, you know, Wait, nowhere to live. This is your mother. Is. This is your mom. My mother in law, Harry's Harry's mom. Gotcha. And okay. so we had to get. We had to get her back, which was tricky, but we got her back. And because we live in a farm, we have a, you know, a, a huge barn, which is actually a recording studio that Ezra Miller came and recorded some songs in and, and shot a music no video way. in. It's a really beautiful barn. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. So we were like, Sophie, we have the space. You just come here, you isolate for two weeks, and and then we can all be together, you know, because we've got to look after her. Anyway, she's got, yeah, she's 73. And she's considered vulnerable. And we were, you know, we didn't get a letter from the government. The local GP were, you know, there's nothing they could do. And so we weren't able to get any food delivery until a local farm shop started a few weeks ago saying, we're now going to deliver. And it was really weird. It was like, how many ways can you eat cauliflower? How many ways, you know, like... I mean, the kids were farting so much because <laughs> everything, everything was a root vegetable. They were like, "Mummy, please, no more cabbage. Please, no more cabbage. No more." You know, it was like whatever food <laughs> that we could get from local farms. We were like, "Okay, it's cabbage again. You know, cabbage and potatoes. Yeah. Everything." It was just fucking grim. Excuse my language. And then it was like we're because oh, we're we're super healthy. We know, you know, we know how to make hummus. We can make bread. We make bread anyway, that kind of stuff. But all of a sudden, you can't get any flour. You can't get, you know, tins of tomatoes. Or it, it felt 
like Armageddon. And it was that thing of we, we were lucky in some ways because I've got this what if cupboard. Because we have power cuts here and because sometimes we get snowed in. We've, we've had snow in June here, snow drifts in June. Easter, there's been like snow, you know. So we, were, we, we had some staples, like my spice cupboard's incredible and all that kind of stuff. But it was like going, we have no fresh kale or rocket. And normally, when I've been here, I grow loads of stuff. But because I've been on the road it. in America, yeah, yeah. But we've got nothing. It was just, it's been really, really, um, really hard and really interesting and really kind of, you know, you talk about the conspiracy theory side. I mean, I have so many feelings about that. And, you know, I've got, you know, I've had family in the military and I, I just think that there's, you know, bigger things at play on a, on yep. a, on a larger scale and, you know, it's kind of ultimately you you want part of you wants to be kind of all normal and going, oh, we're just going to put a mask on and go to the shops and it's all going to be fine. And then another part of you is like, no, listen, in case anything happens to me, in case I die, I need to teach Edie all my aromatherapy knowledge and everything I know about, you know, you know how to fix clothes or wire a plug or I need to teach Edie how to make the food I make in case something happens to me. And that is, that's been the thought. It's been really, really dark, you know, and a lot of stuff she, you know, I'll teach her how to make a spaghetti sauce or, you know, you know, the basic, you know, rice salads, or she knows how to cook to a certain level. Um, But I was thinking, what if I were to die in the next two weeks because I got COVID, what does she need to do to look after the family? Jeez. You know, in isolation, it's really complicated. You know, so it's um, yeah, it's been really, really weird. And moving house, and you know, because we bought another place, and it was all exciting, and it was going to be that we, you know, kind of did it all at our leisure and went down there, and and now it's we're you know, it's insane, it's intense. You're packing up, and yeah, and then obviously the. You can't get anybody in to help because, you know, social distancing, rightly so. So you're, you know, homeschooling, you know, trying to work, packing up. It's it's really fascinating. And, and um, I shouldn't know, and I'm not moaning, but because a lot of people have it, you know what I mean? That A lot of people have it so hard in a way that I can't even begin to imagine how hard it, it must be, you know. So we're all right, but it's, Different times, different times. What's your family in the military saying? Or can you talk about well, that? My, um, he, no, he's ex-military. Um, I don't know. I, I think that you can read so much. You know, I certainly, when, you know, there's Nova Media, which I really like, you know, hearing different people talk on, on with, with Nova Media. And then I, you know, I'll look at a bit of CNN and I look at the New York Times and I look at the Guardian. And I read lots and lots of, I, I, there's no, never any news on in the house for the children. That's a rule. They're never allowed to hear the news. And that's been the case since I was, you know, I first had Esme 20 years ago because the news is grim. I think it's, there's a lot of propaganda on the news. Um, and, do you know what I mean? So I'm like, and we're not going to have it for them. But I would, you know, when Edie got to about, 
I want to say 10, I started buying her this magazine called The Week for Kids, Junior, so that she could read stuff once a week and we'd talk about it if she wanted to. And she didn't have to read it if she didn't want to, but it was there. Right? And it was, you know, and I thought that was a good idea. But in regards to me um, and the conversations I've been having, so my stepdad is was in the army. He's not here anymore. My brother, he works in Iraq and he is stuck in Iraq right now. Um, he Whoa. works in security. Okay. Um, and we talk. And my feelings are quite, you know, there's so much kind of, there's so many conflicting articles to do with was it in the lab near the wet market? Did it come from a pangolin, you know, that had eaten the bat and then someone ate the pangolin? But I, I haven't watched all the movies that people talk about, these, you know, kind of pandemic movies. I don't like films like that. They make me uncomfortable. I can't watch movies where a plane crash happens either. I just don't, that's not my idea of entertainment. I don't like it. Um, but I right. find it absolutely mind-boggling to think it just came from an animal in this way, that it was just some kind of fucked-up accident from a wet market. I just, it, it feels very, very much like a, you know, a, a lab Accident well, they have the Wuhan. Non-accident. They have the lab there. They have the Wuhan lab. Yeah. I mean, it just. Yeah. It's it's right there. Um, you know, and they didn't and, have, as far as we know, the death rate that we have everywhere else. And I think that you know there was all this fighting between America and China, you know, to do with trade, and yeah. you know how best to control the world and fuck the economy up. You know. I do think things like that sometimes. And I think things like, you know, I'm certainly, I find it fascinating. So when I talk about things, and I'm not like saying this is my, I have any animosity towards America or Russia or China. I'm talking about it in a way that's like observational to a very naive mind. You know, it's like I'm just looking at it. It's like if I look at a rainbow and go, oh, I can see blue, I can see pink. It's like just an observation. You're an observer. I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I was, a few years ago, I was working in Serbia, in Belgrade, and there's this beautiful part of the river, and they were like, oh, these Chinese companies have just bought bought it all, and they're just going to tear it all down, and it's just investment. Oh, and they own the roads. So what do you mean they own the roads? Oh, they've bought all the roads. They own all the roads. I was like, oh, wow. And Seven Trent Water, which is our local water company, is owned by the Chinese here. And so... For me, this kind of growing up with globalization and, you know, under, you know, having worked in China and obviously being a communist country and loving working there, but finding it absolutely fascinating in regards to that communist element, just was like, this is pretty intense. How much they, how much do we know of who owns what all over the world? Secret companies, private companies and and so when this happened, my initial instinct was, I hope to God this isn't true, but there's a part of my brain that can't help but wonder, is it a way to gain control over all of us? You know what I mean? Because they will, there's now a sense of, you know, they're rolling out antibody tests and major antibody tests. And I, I don't know. And I think that, you know, when you've lived and worked in China, 
I haven't lived there, but I've got friends who live there and they love it. It is just very, very different there, how they view life and the future and the long term and, you know, the ancient, you know, they're, I mean, come on, things they were doing 5,000 years ago that we hadn't even sorted our shit out, you know, they're just fucking mind-blowing. It's like, so part of me was like, oh, please, please, no, let it not be, you know, because we, it wasn't that long ago. You had them, some Chinese tech and he was, this is sounding very anti-Chinese and I don't want it to at all because God, I could rant about England and Boris Johnson till the cows come home and politics, but you know, they were messing about with embryos and stuff and you're like, Oh, please stop it. Please, please. Anyway, Dan, you've got to shut me up because I'll say something that. No, I'm on. I don't, it doesn't, doesn't come out as articulately as, yeah, I just, I wish sometimes my thoughts didn't sound so, clumsy because it's more like maybe I read too much kind of I don't know you know Robert Heinlein or whatever growing up it's you know there's you know it's not conspiracy theory but it's it's kind of to me it's futuristic stuff as well it's like are we you know we're living in the future therefore I don't doubt that you know it's like when 911 happened yeah you know you you just go, there's a part of you that goes, come on, this can't just, yeah. this is not how they're saying it. You know what I mean? And then you watch documentaries where you go, look, there was certainly explosions there, or there was money that was removed the day before. Or, you know, there's always, there's always something bigger than us that, that is controlling, you know, the puppet strings, I suppose. Absolutely. That's what I think. I mean, I, 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 I thought of that immediately. I was, very close to 9-11 when it happened. I was only like 20 blocks away. And, um, oh, my God. It, it was, uh, yeah. We, and immediately, the physics of it, just someone who was just a novice, and a novice observer, just like you're talking about, just being someone who's just like, oh, that's a, that's a door and that's a, that's a horse. You know, mm. I, was, I said, whoa, yeah, yeah. that is not how that building is supposed to come down. You know, and that's not yeah, that's not yeah. how that building's supposed to come down. I I just knew that that's yeah. what they were telling us didn't make sense. It just didn't make sense. It still doesn't to this yeah. day, and you still can't explain Building Seven. And so yeah, there's a direct link. And and yeah, and I think I grew up. So I'm, it's fucked up. And I think you know, for me, I grew up not trusting the establishment at all because of being in the care system. So when you're owned by the state and you don't have a name, right. you have a number. So I grew up with a number. I just had a number. I wasn't even a person. So from birth to I was 16, I was owned by the state. It's called a you know, ward of court. And, you know, I was in many, many children's homes and foster homes. And the children's homes are like, they are like prisons. And so I would watch on a really, really low human level, people covering up their behavior, whether it was abuse and neglect or criminal behavior in another form to do with theft or just not doing their jobs properly, everybody covering up their shit time. And I would, so the, I, so I never trusted institutions, you know, I always, and I, you know, I could always see that there was other things at play from a very, very young age. And I think that's why I grew up not trusting the police and, and actually hating the police. 
Um, I know some police do incredible jobs and they put them their lives at risk. But in general, that sense of who polices the police and they can do what the fuck they want. And do you know what I mean? And, you know, yep. understanding what my family had, things that they learn in the military and going, oh, my gosh. So, you know, I even remember kind of recently before COVID happened, I, I read stuff in the news and I was like, what's going on with Russia and all these ships at the moment in you know, in our waters that they've, you know, they're playing these silly war games and they always have these, you know, friendly war games that they're doing all the time that we don't know about. But all of a sudden, you know, and then Dan, I'm really stupid because I started watching The Omen again in lockdown. <laughs> well, like, why would you? <laughs> I was like, Trump is the fucking Antichrist. I know. Summoning the demon. Wonderful. I just love all those films, though, and I love, you know, that kind of cinema from the 70s anyway, 70s, early 80s. It's right up my street, and I just, I was like, oh, my God, should I start reading Nostradamus? And what's going <laughs> What do you think of, uh, on that tip, what do you think of, um, I mean, listen, I love all that stuff. I, I, I go down those rabbit holes all the time, and, and um, I... You know, the whole Antichrist thing, and there's just a lot of people who are in competition for that, you know, right now. And, uh, yeah. like, who could it be? Like, there's so many people that fill all of the, the slots. And so I'm not saying <laughs> anyone is the Antichrist, but I'm, I'm just an observer. So this, what do you think of uh, the name of um, Elon Musk's kid? Did you hear what that name was? Well, you can't. Can you say it? They must have a nickname for the, the child. I don't know. It's, it, it's, I, I think it's, I don't know. They've got their, oh, I think it's really, I think it's wonderful. I think, do you, do you know what? I really do. And I just smiled the biggest smile because it's like, it's obvious that human being is not going to be like at some primary school in West Bridgeford in Nottingham where everyone's going to take the piss out of the name it's going to have a very different lifestyle because of its parents. And then it will meet other, like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, I've got mates that called their kids all sorts of names. And it's like, you know, so long as it's... No, no, that's fine. I like it. Totally cool. And I, yeah, I think that it's like, you know, Teddy has got the longest name, my son. And they can't, it's so long that they can't, I've got to remember it now. Um, it's going to be awful. <laughs> Theodore. I'm awful, mother. Um, Theodore Alexander. Yeah. Francis Hunter. Okay. Home. Love it. Okay, all um, of those are actual words. It. Those are those are actual words and names. All of those. Now, now to compare that <laughs> <laughs> to the algebra Your mathematical equation. Yeah, yeah. That is this kid's name. I just couldn't. I just couldn't help it. So, and and just 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 go down this little road with me for a second. Yeah. Let's try to figure out this equation, if you will. Just, I don't know if you want yeah. to, but I, I just find it fascinating yeah. since we're on this tip. But just the first part of his name, X A E A E, which he says is Ash. They say that's A E. You say it, that you pronounce it Ash. Okay. All right. So it's X Ash. Okay? Yeah. Now I just okay. Now if you want if you're if you're looking for <laughs> uh, 
like <laughs> resemblance to Antichrist. Now, this I'm not saying he's the Antichrist, <laughs> you know, but I'm just saying that X-Ash is the opposite of X-Mass. Xmas. You have yeah. Xmas, which is the celebration of Christmas. And then you have no, it's not. I disagree. I disagree. Okay, what is it? Xmas is a blasphemy. Right. X, so now, X okay. crosses so the Christ it, out of Christmas. Christ so mass, either way, mass of Christ. Either way, yeah. either way, you have a reference to, to Christ there. Okay? Oh, what an That's all I'm saying. That's the, okay, now mm. A-E. I find it A-E. very hard to believe that the future, you know, if you think about a child that is going to be born that will have certain, you know, elements of yeah. religion in, in, in it, you know, inherent yeah. in it, you know, powerful, powerful energy. I can't imagine it's going to come from Grimes. I just can't. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Okay. So, you know, she's a, absolutely incredibly talented you know, musician, extra, you know, producer, you know, she's extraordinary. And I think he's obviously, he inherited money, he's a clever dude and all the rest of it. But it's not, it, 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 you know, it's far more likely to be something so... And the kid's last so name ordinary. That's all I'm saying. Archangel 12. That's all I'm saying. Archangel 12. They might okay, fantasize. Who knows what their fantasies are? Archangel 12? Oh my gosh! Then it's like now we're in like a David Eddings book, isn't it? Now it's like this, thank you. Know. Okay. <laughs> do you want to? Okay. No, I, uh, I, I do you want to know? I do have God vibes in like when I think about God and all the rest of it, and I, I think that, you know, there's there's something to do with the ordinary and how the you know whether you think of the second coming or some battle between good and evil and religion. It will, it will surprise people because it will, it's too obvious. That's too obvious. You know, Trump's too obvious. Things can be too obvious, and it's, yeah. you know, somebody will be. It will be something you think is so wonderful, so wonderful that could be, you know, like a wolf in sheep's clothing. Right? It, I, you know, I think. Anyway, carry yeah. on what you're saying. Well, I do this thing for all of my wonderful guests that are cool and uh, I admire. And so do you know what your your name means? Samantha My Jane name. Morton. Yeah, you ever it's figure out what your name, name means? It's an absolutely twatty name. I hate my name. I, okay. I you know, but no, I know it means, <laughs> it, I, I was named after, so oh, it's just a twatty name, but go on, sorry. I think go you're going to love what, <laughs> I think you're going to love what Samantha means. You know what Samantha means? It means it's off the girl from Bewitched who wiggled her nose. <laughs> it's also That's who I was named from Who's the Boss. Yeah. But it, it means listener. Does it? Yeah. Who said it means I mean, listener? It means listener. First thing that came up. I'm not good at I was that. Like, oh, my God. Always a chatterbox. I do listen, actually, I do. I'm, I'm getting better at it. I talk over it. <laughs> Do you know what your Jane means? Sammy Jane. 
No, I don't. What does that mean? It means God. It means God is gracious. God is gracious. I love that. God is gracious. That's really sweet. What's oh? Yeah. And what's the last? Yeah. Moron. Not moron. Morton. What does Morton mean? <laughs> I hate my name. Morton. Morton means marshland. Does it really? Yes, it does. Everybody's labeled marshland. a wonderful. I feel like a bloody Everyone? marshland at the moment. So what is so what is it? It's listening, listening, listening. God is gracious, marshland. <laughs> yeah, it's a haiku. <laughs> I feel a bit, I feel a bit marshy, especially after all the cauliflower I've been eating. Um, but I, I, I <laughs> my tummy like, oh my god. Um, but no, I think names are fascinating. Sounds are fascinating, and when you're naming your children, yeah. it's really, you know, it's a com, it's like such a heavy responsibility isn't it and it's like oh, they've got this yeah. forever and they really walk into a room and they're like I had a weird one so this is super duper weird I think so when I was pregnant with Esme I was convinced I was having a boy because I'd had loads of dreams I was having a little girl and I was like I'm not psychic so I must be having a boy so I had all these names like Frederick and whatever knocking about and when she was born, she was a she, and I had no girl's name. And so I turned around to her daddy, who was <laughs> sweetly holding my hand in the, in, she was in emergency C-section as well, because she was too big to, to come out of me in any way, shape, or form. So emergency C-section. And as she's coming out, I turned around to her dad, and I went, go with Esme, go with Esme. Because they were taking her away to, you know, weigh her and do all the things that they needed to do. And I right. had Reese's negative blood, so they needed to make sure that she had a, you know, an injection because my babies often have different blood to me and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty scary. My um, mother had that. Yeah, so, you know, you know it's like, um, anyway, so Esme, Esme's gone off and Charlie's gone off with her. And Charlie's like, well, who's Esme? And, and, and I said, the baby, the baby, it's Esme. So that poor chap, I had no discussion with him about this at all. She was just Esme, and he came back and said, <laughs> you know, baby Esme's there. And then he's, you know, she's Esme. And we look at her, and she's just a little Esme. We're very blessed and very happy. Oh. And ready anyway, I had been reading the Salinger book for Esme with Love and Squalor like a year earlier, and I'd read it and left, forgot about oh. the book. But it must have been like that was on my mind. Anyway, cut to years later. I'm in yeah. the bath, I'm pregnant, and I had this dream that I had a little boy, and I called him Teddy, right? And I'm like, I'm so not having a boy, but maybe I am having a boy, cause, it, but I'm not having a boy, I must be having a girl. Anyway, so have the baby, it's a boy, and Harry has agreed, my husband has agreed that we can call him Teddy, um, or, the, you know, like Theodore, which means actually gift from God. And because I was told I couldn't have children, I'm very blessed. I've got three children. I've been told clinically you can't have kids. And I'm here with three kids. So that's a miracle in itself. Whoa. Um, yeah. And so I have this little boy and he's called Teddy. And we think no more about it. And he's Teddy and he's so little Teddy. Theodore, but we call him Teddy. And he's like, oh, he's such a character. I can imagine. And about, I want to say a year ago, we were packing the, our home up because we were moving to Atlanta. 
and going through all my old books. And there was for Esme with Love and Squalor. And I thought, I haven't read this book for years. I'm going to read it again. It's all these, you know, the Salinger short stories. And one of them is called Teddy. What the fuck? Hold on. I'm How spooky is that? It's, How spooky is not... that? Got... <laughs> I hear these. Okay. Isn't that beautiful? It's gorgeous. And it's, you are sick. It's so beautiful. You know I've got an psyched. Esme and a Teddy. Yes, it, yeah, it, yeah, it was yeah. planted in there a long, long time ago. And I was like, oh, there's the Teddy. So, yeah, it was in that, you oh. know, that. Well, yeah. listen. It's funny, isn't I think it? you. I think you, right, do you think you are psychic? Because I get yeah. that sense that you are. Yeah, I think I'm very in tune with my, with, you know, the word, you know, we talk about listening. I listen yeah. with my senses. So I'm very astute to vibes, smells, essences that have, you know, left behind um, huh. intuition. You know, Fantastic. kind of really, you know, in 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 intuition, um, and and things that other people don't feel or see, I might find very obvious. You know, you see ghosts. I think. Yes, yes, I I have. Yeah. Um, I don't. I'm not like um, you know, the sixth sense walking around going. That was a tricky death, wasn't it? No, no, nothing like that. Um, uh, but I have seen um, presences, if, that, if that's even a word. Is the word presences? Presence. I've, I've had seen that, you know, things, and I've felt things, and I've heard things. Um, not like schizophrenic kind of hearing, talking, and voices in that way. Um, right. But, you know, it's um, certainly... Yes, been very, you know, from a very, very, very young age, seen and known some incredible things. But now, as I'm older, having to relearn how to be that open and that um, available to receive information, as I did as a kid. But I, I just watched, um, again, I do this every once in a while because I find it amazing. There's a young uh, interview and on the on YouTube, and it's absolutely fascinating and he talks about things like that and god and he talks about you know uh you know mental health and what's you know you know what i mean because the things that they were putting yeah. people away for many years ago nowadays you know you just you're a, you know you can walk around and, and talk like that and you're not considered mad so it's i find it all fascinating <laughs> really you know yeah no i do too <clears throat> i've had all i've had all sorry what you Have you seen ghosts, or do you see ghosts? Oh, wow. I've seen all sorts of stuff. I mean, I've seen all sorts of stuff. Um, like you said, you know, presences. and um, I'm pretty sure uh, in dreams, ghosts have come to me during the, um, you know, that that blue hour in the morning, you know. and Yeah. And, when Hamlet's father likes to visit him, you know, I know I, while I've right. been sleeping, I know that there were times when I was sleeping and it was, and I was in between dream and awake. Lucid. That yeah. Is that, that called when you're, yeah. Yeah, that I was, because, that I was spoken to directly from past relatives, you know, they, they find that it's, it's, 
that's a good time to um, connect for some reason because the veil is thinned, you know. Um, yeah. So, I, yeah, I've had those. I've, I've seen UFOs, you know. I've, I've had all sorts of yeah. We talked about this on set, didn't we? Because I, I oh, see them we? here a lot. Yeah, we did talk about oh. that on set. Um, I okay, see well, UFOs here a lot. Um, and it's, I mean, Derbyshire, the, the Peak District is a, is a hot spot for them, really. And where they hover is above, um, and if you have, if you've got a pen and paper, you should write this down and then you should Google it and read about it. Um, I live really close to a place called Arbor and that's A-R-B-O-R, I think, Arbor And it's, okay. it's older than Stonehenge, and it's a stone circle. And we have oh, the Druids shit. up here sometimes. It's, yeah, and that's where they, they come and, and hover. Okay, so what what... What do they look like? Are they all different times? Uh, from my window, what I, the first time I saw this phenomenon was a, I thought it was um, like somebody had suddenly decided to put a football stadium up the road. And I lived somewhere where it is pitch, pitch black at night. <laughs> it was just the brightest light over wow. the the back of our farm and and the back of our farm is is the it is the peak it, it's Lathkildale it is there is nothing there there's a another farm a few miles away but there's nothing there there's no agriculture there's no there's no quarries there's no uh city there's no town there's no village there is nothing nada nothing and there's not even a there's not even a situation where you could say, well, you know, it's the military because they don't test over here. They do it over Dartmoor and they do it in the Brecon Beacons. So over the years, when people report these things to, you know, to, to the government, it, this is just a hotspot. This this area because there's no <coughs> explanation for it at all. The first time was just really bright. Okay. And I was like, what is that? And it was, it was really, it was like, I wanted to say it was like two, three in the morning. It was something like that. And I just sat and I sat with it. I sat with this light and it was about, it was just for about two hours. The light was just there. It didn't move. It was just bright light. Um, and it was, I suppose it was like, you know, the same kind of, vibe as if you're looking at a football stadium and they've got you know one of those big lights on a you know like that lights up the stadium it was like as if four of those were were just there it was bright and and then it just disappeared just gone like someone turned the light off i didn't see movement oh. with the light but the second time um there were three lights and those lights were moving so they would hover for a bit and then it was like they danced so they would go um, in, insanely quickly in a way that I can't, I don't have the English language to describe the fastness of this yeah. to these triangles. They were kind of just dancing with each other in a triangle. And then they'd stay there for a bit and they were vibrating in a way that was made me feel funny in my heart. And huh. then, but that could have, that's obviously adrenaline because I'm looking at something that I know is not from this earth. I know it's, it, you know, it, it, 
you know when you're seeing something because it's not just what the eyes see it's what the the knowledge of the brain it, it's like I suppose it's the same as a child watching you know David Blaine and going oh my, you know like you just go it's magic isn't yeah. it um something else otherworldly and that's and that's you know that was that and then there has been the same thing but with different colors so there's been red um and the, it's almost uh uh red and a, a color i can't even describe it's like a it, it's i don't even know the color there's not even a fucking name for the color that's how mad it is and then the white and they just do this dance and then sometimes they're just there they're just, they're just there for ages and ages. I've tried to take pictures on my phone. And because of the distance, yeah. you can't really... It's, they don't, the, the pictures are rubbish. I've videoed myself just sitting there going, it's happening again. <laughs> Stuff like that. Um, and I'll miss huh. it. I'll miss, I'll miss that when I go. You know, it's... it's um, and it's not, like, it's not like looking at a star or a satellite. It's nothing like that because it's very... It's behind. It's kind of above a field and behind some trees. It's not like way. It's not high up in the sky. It's lower than that. I feel like these places, like Stonehenge, and you said it was called the Arbor. What was it called? Arbor Lows. L O W. L O W. Where they hang low in the yeah, sky. Yeah, and there's a. Yeah, I feel like, and it's I there's a like Neolithic uh, circle there, and then there's the newer right. but it's older than Stonehenge circle, stone circle. I feel like those places are like you know energy crossroads, no like energy nodes, and they're like gas stations, like the pyramids. You know, they're like gas stations for these UFOs. They they store up energy, and then they're and if off. If you think about yeah, if you think about the natural you know, gas that is here anyway. Derbyshire is, and Cornwall actually, has the highest radon um, detection. And you know what radon is, don't you? So yeah, it's whoa, carcinogenic. That's, that's yeah, toxic. it's carcinogenic to humans. We have to put all these stumps in the house to make sure that it's being sorted out for us. But it's high radon here. And you also have kind of the Blue John crystal that is here that doesn't grow anywhere else in the world the only place on the planet that Blue John is mined. Wow. So when you think about those elements of what is going on, you know, it is very, very, you know, magical and ancient. And, you know, you've got Laskildale there, it, it's, which is, you know, there's waterfalls and it's, it, you know, it's something very, 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 very otherworldly about Derbyshire. In the Peak District, it's um, ancient in a way that we'd talk about the Aztecs or, you know, things like that. The Earth Grid, I suppose, it's part of the grid, isn't it, of all those, linking all those places up. Yeah, the ley lines. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, all connected. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm so happy we went down this path. I was like, how are we going to talk about this stuff? We just kind of naturally oh, we can always there. Talk, <laughs> always talk about that stuff. I could. The thing is, I will just waffle, and I would just talk about anything, and then it, 
it all links. So I was like, I did some little notes about if when we were going to talk, and I was like, so these are, this is what my notes were. Um, okay. Ursula Le Guin, Dune, Geiger, Venosa, Ray Flyers, Daniel Johnson, Ralph Steadman, Judge Dredd, um, Iron Maiden T-shirt, Games Workshop, The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I don't know how we can talk about all those things. I don't you know why to talk I about those things. things. No, but that's what, what I put what? down. Like, I don't know why. You like remote viewed it. You what? Say that again. You remote viewed it. You kind of like, um, you were like, I don't know. All of those things are basically connected to what things we're talking about. I mean, it's part, It's all part of the collective. So, like, if everything you said so far, I could segue, you know, oh, the whole psychic thing into Minority Report. I could segue the whole apocalyptic yeah. thing into The Walking Dead, you know. I could say, you yeah. know, there's, there's, and the whole, you know, the whole UFO thing, like, I, I that that happened on set. That happened on set um, with another castmate in Georgia when I saw this a UFO that sounds a lot like the kind that you were looking at and are below. Um, so, yeah, everything is connected. <laughs> everything that you, all the, that, that list of things you put down, you know, it could have been, you know, we could, we could. Each one of those is its own rabbit hole. Um, yeah. Like, I'm just thinking about... Interesting. Just thinking about Judge Dredd. Why would why would you bring up Judge Dredd? I don't know. I wrote Judge Dredd. What? But do you know what that is? Yes, I know what Judge Dredd... I know it's a comic, but I don't know why yeah, I yeah. would write Judge Dredd. I think it's well, probably connected a... to T-shirts, because... When I was little, I really liked T-shirts that, hold on, <laughs> this, is, this is the flow, right? I yeah, collect yeah. old T-shirts, right? And so when I was little, I really liked Iron Maiden T-shirts because I liked yeah, me too. the graphic, I liked Iron Maiden as well as a band. You and liked I loved Eddie. The fact he you, was liked, you, liked it. you liked Eddie. I had him on my wall. Yeah, the zombie, and the cyborg zombie, so, Eddie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. As a kid, and yeah. I loved like Friday's Thirteenth and The Hills. I loved all that kind of stuff anyway because my stepdad was an, a pirate video guy, so he had a pirate video shop in our house. He was right. a naughty guy, and so we watched everything from America that we shouldn't watch. That was you know banned or you know all that kind of stuff. But anyway, Judge Dredd was just a magazine comic that I would see at friends' houses. And I, I mean, I used to buy the enemy or melody maker if I ever had any money or I'd steal them, but it was one of those things that I was always fascinated by those because it's the imagery and the drawings I really loved, you know, and I grew up in Nottingham where you've got games workshop, which is now a phenomenal brand. You know, so everybody was playing dungeons and dragons that I hung out with as a kid, you know what I mean? And I was all into, Venosa and Geiger, even before I'd seen Alien, you know, and it's just that. And then, and then I was thinking about when the first time of being aware of Geiger as an artist or Venosa as an artist, and it was Rave Flyers because I was into rave music, and you know what I mean, and going into fields and dancing till the sun came up, and way too yeah. young to be doing that stuff. 
way too young and nobody really knew how old I was because I was feral. I was a feral child. And I used to go into the record shops and see the flyers and that was the art I liked. Do you know what I mean? Because they used to use some of the imagery from Judge Dredd to advertise a rave or, you know, things like that. So it's all connected. I'll shut up now because I'm just rabbiting too much. No, I love it. Um, Yeah, the whole... For me, Judge Dredd, I, I... I, when I think about um, that universe, I have a comic book called Brooklyn Gladiator that's an homage to, to Judge Dredd and Akira and, you know, The Matrix, yeah. everything I grew up watching. And because I feel like this, this, there is a, a lot of truth in those dystopia sci-fi books. And, and, just the idea of mega cities. I feel like that's what, like mega city one, mega city two. That's the whole Judge Dredd thing. Yeah. It's a, when you were a kid, like thinking like, wow, a mega city. That's like a city, a yeah. big, a country, you know. And but now yeah. I feel like you know what we're we're heading toward that. And, and well, so there's a in lot some of, ways there. Can you put your telly on and the, you know the screensaver on Apple TV? Sometimes my I'll go, is that real? And they go, yeah, that's Dubai. I'd be like, no way. Or, you know, you look at, I mean, when I was in Shanghai, I don't know, right. you know, 17 years ago, the Shanghai then to now is unrecognizable. Or Singapore, or, you know, you look at what's happening in Saudi Arabia. It's like, it is mind-blowing. You know, and you, I don't know when you were last in China or if you, you know, kind of worked there. or It is phenomenally, yeah. like, intimidating in the way that human beings are now living. And when we were on Minority Report, they had futurologists come and talk to us about all the things that were happening in the, in the movie. And Whoa. they could, they were telling us things then that they could release then, but the, you know, that the, the public wouldn't be able to cope with it. So they have to bring things out in increments. And of course it's all money as well, because these companies can, you know, they've had flying cars for, I don't know how long or that, you know, but they can't just, you know, bring it all to us straight away, like put a chip in our eye or chip in our tooth that means we could talk to people. You know, they can do those things, but they're not going to yet. Right. And slowly but surely, they do come out. And I'm like, yeah, they talked about that, and that's happening. Yeah, I knew it. Yep, that was, yep, I remember that. It's mental. Whoa. What's the craziest yeah. thing they said that, that came true or you think I think it true? was... Well, it was all to do with how screen... Like, I remember with Tom Cruise's character, how he would move screens around and he would, yeah. you know, like he'd go into a shop and they'd advertise to him clothes and stuff. That's all happening now, pretty much. You know, my phone is probably, you know, listening to this call. And if I mentioned yeah. that I, I don't know, have a sore ankle, I might be sold some ankle cream in a bit. I will have a... You know, because it's been listening to, to us for a long time. Even when the phone's off, they're listening, by the way. You know, so gonna, all these things listen to us and they know they know us. You know, they profile crazy. us and they hear, sell us shit. You want to hear a crazy story, Sam? Yeah. You want to hear a crazy story? Yeah, yeah. My daughter, you'll appreciate it. But, so she's figuring out Surrey, right? She's like... Yeah. Um. And she's like setting it up, and, and I'm just like, oh, you know, she's my kid. I'm like, oh, you know, just like my kid's a genius. Like, look at her. She's like, yeah. you know. 
And she, you know, and she she sets it up and it's, uh, knows her voice perfectly. And she's talking. To, she's like, Daddy, I want to show you something. And I go, okay, yeah, let me see. Uh, and she says, so she's also like a little actress. And she, she goes up and she yeah. she's like, I'm going to act like I'm I'm waking up in the morning. Um, and uh, watch this. So she's like, look, I'm going to turn my iPad off. So she turns off her iPad, totally off. Yeah. And she goes and lies down on her bed. And then she acts like she yawns and she acts like she's waking up in the morning. It's real cute. And then. She goes and she says, hey, Suri, and then the iPad comes on, okay, and it's this, you know, in the UK, it's this, you know, British voice, and yeah. she says, uh, she says, what um, should I have for breakfast today, right? And I'm like, oh, this is so adorable. And Suri yeah. says, let them eat cake. Ha, 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 ha. Let them eat kale. Now, how do you interpret that? Let them eat cake and let them eat kale. Ha, 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 ha. Yeah, like, oops, I made a mistake. Let them eat cake. You know, like that, like, what, yeah. what, who was it? Well, Catherine there's the a few interpreters, yeah. Well, no, how wasn't it... Um, no, it was Marie Antoinette that said that when everyone was starving. Okay, she was like, well, how could, yeah, yeah, how could, but, but I say, I interpret it in three ways. First of all, I interpret yes. it as telling a child to eat cake because it's a child that will buy cake. There's okay. another part of me that's like the, somebody somewhere is fucking, you know, wanting to just, they're just, you know, it's a little bit like, and I hate to say this with the Zoom things when the hackers get in and they do shit that children really don't want to be saying. So there's a darker side to it that's just fucking with kids' heads. And then Crazy. above and beyond, above and beyond, what I do not like about, you know, oh, I'm going to sound weird now. I, no, feel, I, I feel very, very uncomfortable with the fact that my TV is listening and has a microphone. Yeah, yeah. That my phone is listening and has a microphone. I just want the TV to play, you know, I want to play a DVD or whatever. I, I just want it to be the way it used to be because they're listening to everything. And But one might argue, well, if you've got nothing to hide, why, you know, why are you? But it's, it's right. more complicated than that. It's much more complicated than that. And if you get to them when they're very young, then you can, on a kind of more, you know, it's like data is worth more money now than gold or, you know, it's just as valuable you know, it's, it's an asset. It's a, exactly. it's a fucking, it's a, it's a tangible money-making thing. So we're just being turned into walking commodities. We might as well be just blocks of frozen orange juice. Talking trading places. It's like, it, we. Do you know what I mean? We are just walking, yeah. talking blocks of commodity of, of data. We're not human beings anymore in the same way. Correct. It's 1984. It's been that way since 1984. Yes. Yeah. It really, really is. And so how do we navigate that with little kids without ruining their innocence? And like Edie, when my Edie, when she's doing her homework and she's like, how do I spell whatever? She's like, hey, Siri, how do I spell da-da-da-da? And it comes up. I'm like, Edie, I told you to turn that off. And then I'm like, well, listen, even if she turned it off, they're still fucking listening, you know? It's really, really hard to strike that balance. 
you what know, was crazy I, is, I think that. Sorry, go. On. You know, we're you know we're we're actors. We're all, we're constantly mic'd up, and I. So I, I so that's like it's like we're in a rush. So when we're all mic'd up, it's like a Russian doll syndrome of just mics everywhere. You know, and, and so <laughs> it's it's you know. So it's we're constantly under the microscope. So I just have been in the yeah. mind frame of fuck it, just fucking whatever the fuck you know. If they hear it, who fucking cares? Because they they're yeah. listening. They're listening while you're sleeping. But do you know what? You know, it's like Santa Claus. But, yeah, but do you know what? I'm I'm at this place where I don't have to. I don't want to go too dark on it. But there's two two ways of going. If yeah, if if. In the next 40, 50 years, China, say 30, 40 years, China takes over the world or Russia or whatever. The place yeah. will be a very different place. Okay. So we have to be Technocracy. really careful looking into the future. Yeah. In regards to what they do know about us, the literature we read, our personal opinions, even me talking to you now in a podcast. No, we're fucked. It's we're going fucked. To, yeah. Yeah. You know that but, part in Minority you know, Report? It, you know that part of Minority Report where you lean up and you go, run! That's us right now. Yeah. <laughs> run to the hills and take all your, your information with you. It, it's complicated, isn't it? But at the same time, I'd rather go down fighting. I'd rather go down yes. as someone that went, actually, no, this isn't cool. We're, you know, we're human beings. We're not just kind of, you know, it's, you know, yeah, I, I think there's got to be a balance for the wee ones, though, because we don't want them to be to grow up frightened, but we want them to grow up kind of knowledge is power. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, and I knew growing up, living as a child of the state, that I couldn't fight it in the way that my instincts told me to. I had to work with it. I had to work with it to change it. I had to get into the system to change the system. Right. And I was, and I did. And I think that there's still hope and it isn't all a done deal. We can have ideas about the future based on what we people have, you know, you know, self-prophesizing as well. It's like when you can manifest negativity in life, if you, you know, you, you can manifest good and bad. And I think if collectively we're all manifesting some dark outcome for everything, it can happen. We can encourage it to happen. But equally, if we manifest, the resistance and we manifest the the using that technology in an incredibly powerful kind of futuristic human way in a beautiful way and maybe something incredible will happen because it can't just go to waste these amazing things that people are able to do scientists and, and you know physicists and all these brilliant people it can't just be you know we can't be afraid of moving forward but we just have to move forward in a way that harnesses you know, sorry to talk, I mean, sorry to get all kind of the dark side and the light side. I love Star Wars as well, by the way. But, you know, we have to harness it for good. Because there's always going to be evil, but we have to harness it for good. I think. No, absolutely. I mean, yeah, you have to, uh, it's the yin-yang, you know, it's the, yeah. it's, a, it's, they're connected. You, you have to use the momentum of the other, which is why <laughs> so many good things are coming out of this shitty lockdown you know people are looking within themselves you know and asking a lot of questions and I think that it's this is part of evolution you know some people are gonna 
you know, it's survival of the fittest. You know, some people are not going to be able to deal, and then some people are going to adapt. Yeah. And you know that's what? what's I happening. Was, I was thinking, I think so. And, and you know what I was thinking the other day is that sometimes things are really scary in a moment because they're unknown and we don't know what it is and there's decay and death and suffering. But sometimes there's a master plan, whether it's if you believe in God and there's a bigger picture. And I'm not saying that about COVID-19, I'm just saying that in general. And it's very easy for when we are suffering and when we are in pain to, to feel that it is unjust. Let's say, you know, but sometimes I often think of the future, Sam, whether I'm 70, 60, 50, or even in another life moving forward, looking back saying you didn't know what was going to happen, a bit like the Terminator. Sorry to sound like a twat, but you know, like we don't, certain things happen and they have to happen that way in order for that reality to go down that road. And I look at pictures of my little self, Sam, when I was a kid, and she was in a lot of, she didn't know it, but she was in danger and she was in a bad way, but she wasn't, she, you know, she was a child, so she was just, kids often see the good in everything. But it was, you know, as an adult now, looking back, I was like, oh, you know. And I wouldn't know that Sam of 43 would be, have a, you know, a, a good career and a beautiful family and a loving husband and, you know, that I would be looking back going, it's going to be all right, Sam, I promise you'll get through it. You know, like I'm talking to my past self all the time. But I also yeah. know that little Sam can hear me. I remember being little and, and going, someone's <laughs> telling me it's okay. It's going to be yeah. okay. And I promise that's what I used to feel. And I used to call it the Holy Spirit because I was Catholic or you can call it whatever. But maybe I am actually right now talking to Sam, little Sam. And I think that with the planet and everything that's happening with the planet to do with, you know, the greedy motherfuckers out there with the oil, and they've known for years that they're destroying the planet. But, you know, I have hope that we're going to sort this shit. Everything will change very differently. The world will not be as we know it. But it, it will, as you say, something really good will come out of it. People will start connecting more in ways they never did before and i did um the a show yesterday for with jeffrey dean morgan he's got friday night with the morgans and it's hillary oh yeah uh, his his wife was saying something really profound she was like oh, i'm reading uh you know you know i've got Fitzgerald at the moment i'm thinking about zelda and the roaring 20s and no wonder they went mad in the 20s because they just they'd had all their masks on with spanish flu and then it was like Woo, we're all you know and it it's interesting how we look at the past now with a view to ourselves. And I think that, you know, the amount of people that now talk about healing and they talk about understanding the body better because they don't want to get COVID. They don't want to be one of the ones who dies from it. You know, how do I keep my immune system strong? When these people maybe four months ago didn't give a fuck about that stuff eating what they want, drinking what they want. And and for me, being British and having the, you know, the NHS, I often feel that some people are massively irresponsible in regards to, to, because we all have to pay for everything. You know, the school, you know, our taxes are high and that's because they pay for everything. And we have, you know, you, you live and work in the UK, you know what it's like. But it's, 
yeah. you know, I've often thought, I wish people would just, you know, not vote Tory and understand that, you know, they, he's froze, you know, they froze nurses' pay for so many years. And, you know, it's obviously very right wing. We have a very, we have the most right wing government we've ever had, worse than Margaret Thatcher, you know. And I think people are going to start to really think now, moving forward into the future. I doubt we'll ever have a Tory government again. I'd be very, very, very surprised and shocked if we do in five years. You know, so something, I hope something really good on a political level, on an environmental level, on a mindfulness level, that people will be mindful of taking care of themselves, their mental health and their physical health, you know? Yes. I'm really rabbiting. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's great. I mean, it's, you're perfect for podcasting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, what's crazy to me is, because, you know, I, you go and you research. And because I've been watching you, since I feel like like you've been influencing me since I've been a kid. And I could not believe that I I'm, I was born in 1976. I'm one year older than you, which is it Really? Did you think I was older than you? Everybody thinks I'm like 55. You know why? And it's not that you look it, you know. It's that I think it's because you ha- you're an old soul. And because you, your childhood, I feel like, this is my observation, obviously, you know, it, it, it was intense. So I feel like you've lived two lifetimes already, you know, by the time you got to this age. Yeah. Is that, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's interesting and, and it's true. I remember when I first arrived in New York, I was 19 when I moved to New York, and I I felt like I'd come home. It was a really, really weird feeling. It was the most familiar city, and I sobbed like I'd come home. Never been there before in my life. And that was just getting off the plane. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, I'm in America, because I'd been to L.A., before New York and I didn't feel that I was so excited to be in America because it was you know from growing up watching American movies you know the Goonies the Breakfast Club whatever I'd literally gone I was a, and I still am obsessed with America in a really and I love it in a way that's a bit weird I think but that's that's okay Um, but no it was (laughs) that I felt it was familiar and I think when Little Sam, you know, when you've had 12 sets of foster families and you've been in prison, I was in a youth prison and I was in, you know, children's homes. By the time I was 16 and I was living in a homeless hostel by myself, I had felt like I'd lived so many different lives. Yeah. Because I had to adapt and change all the time, constantly, and survive, you know. And, yeah, and then... And then this other chapter, and then now I feel I'm coming full circle, and I'm I'm becoming a little bit more connected to the Sam I was at 19. So I'm rereading a lot of the books I was reading then, again, and just kind of reconnecting with with what was important to me at that age. Because that age, whether it's music or literature or love, like when you first fall in love, it's something in the brain they talk about there's something in the brain that just absorbs it forever in a different way um yeah. i don't know the i need to go there's you know you kind of go on the 
the Wellcome Trust and they've got all these amazing, you know, the brain people that talk about the brain and they explain why. But there is something that happens in the brain at that age that means that, that you make emotional lasting memories that are kind of, it's a bit like in that film, was it Inside Out? The core memories, these massive, right. you know, bowling balls of, bowling balls of, <laughs> of, of stuff, you know? And yeah. that's what I'm going through now at 43, like. So it's interesting that, you know, you feel like you've been watching me for a long time because that makes me really happy that I've been oh, yeah. watched. Because you Are don't you know what people see or don't see. <laughs> don't this, is my, this is my connection to you, which was, obviously I went to sci-fi, well, not obviously, but for me, obviously. So my first sighting of you was Minority Report, and I was like, whoa! And I, I was like, that lady yeah. is the tent. Man, I was like, holy shit. And just to, and the eyes, you know, you have, you, you know, you know, I'm about to tell you, 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 your eyes say so much. And, and, you know, that's why, yeah. like in, uh, what was it, the, the sweet and low down, you know, it's just like, you know, your, your eyes yeah. just, you're, you're, you know. Um, so I would be, because you were saying in America, in America, in America, over and over again. So I got to mention in America. So I, I saw you yeah. in Minority Report, and I saw you, you know, in these um, ethereal roles, you know, um, like you say, like a like feral, where you're just like, well, this person is, you know, unearthly, you know, and and then I see you in America, which is I, my wife told me to tell you, it's it's that it's her favorite role of yours. I think it's mine too because Aww. I was that that's the moment where I was because it's so I'm a New Yorker and yeah. you're with the, you're with your family and I and and I saw that movie and I was like oh my god the the, the spectrum that this lady has because you were so human so human in America I was like oh my god that's you know I I was there that's my mom you know that's like hurting yeah. us you know in the streets of New York like. Like like you know like herding cats like so yeah so that movie was very special because I it just solidified you as like a very talented actor to me I was like man she's got everything um and then uh, so I had to mention that my my wife said if you don't mention in America she's gonna be very upset. <laughs> And uh, because I think that was one of that was probably one of our first dates too was was in America. So oh, shit, wow. I've been, like like I've been watching you for since I've been nineteen. You know, like that. Yeah. So when you talk, yeah, yeah you understand you you you're funny, you're, you're embedded. Yeah. yeah. And then to be able it's to work of, with you on uh, Fantastic Beasts and and The Walking Dead, I mean, that's like for me as someone who's been watching you for years, like. Just like holy shit, just to be near you and that energy, because you have an you have an energy, you know, unlike anyone else. I've uh, other people. You you emit your your um. You know when you say your heart felt funny when you saw that UFO. That's yeah. like I, I, And what what that said to me was electromagnetic. You have an electromagnetic pulse that comes through the screen. It's very powerful. That's, that's, I'm finishing my sentence there. 
that's fascinating. And I wonder if it works with digital. Because where you like <laughs> I because you know, because acting in the nineties or the early noughties or whatever they were called is Gosh. is shot on film, isn't it? Nought. They were it's all shot on film. And when you're acting and you're a kid and you hear the film going through the thing, you could be you feel timeless because film is timeless. The process of film, the te- you know, it's, it was always been the same, you know, and it's the idea of light coming in to a lens and, do you know what I mean? That's all magic, isn't it? And I think that when you're standing there in front of that camera and you hear the noise and they might have to give it a bit of a smack because it's a bit of a noisy mag or whatever, and you, you just feel alive. And I'm not sure, I remember doing my first digital anything and it was a Cronenberg movie and I was sitting on set and I didn't feel magic anymore Dan I didn't feel like little Sam I didn't feel that I possessed anything for the camera I didn't feel I could do screen acting anymore because and I was like well maybe I just need to go back and do stage acting because this there's no connection I don't feel any magic and I hadn't felt magic until I went onto The Walking Dead and that shot really? the film yeah, it's Whoa. all shot on film. Whoa. It's shot on City 16. Yeah, they transfer it to digital, but it, I felt it again. I don't feel the same in front of a digital camera, and I've done a lot in digital camera. I don't feel this, wow. that thing. And it's not that I can't act anymore. I mean, I, the part, you know, that as you get older, they do dry up in their variety, and you play a lot of mums and things like that, and you which is fine, but there's, they're not as interesting some of the roles. And, you know, but I think that there is something that happens when you are in front of either a film, film camera or a film camera that is, and it's not that I'm like this old fashioned person and it's like, oh, it was better when it was filmed. Cause I'm not saying that at all. I think digital can be beautiful and phenomenal and you can watch films that are shot on digital and think there's great performances, but how I feel personally in front of that camera, it's really odd. Huh. It's really odd. And it's also well, like, I think yeah. Neil Young talks about this. Neil Young talks about sound in the same way about how they record sound and what we're right. able to hear now from how they record sound. And we're only able to hear a fraction of what we're potentially able to hear with new digital sound than how it was, how it used to be, you know, and it's, I don't know, but uh, I, I want to say thank you for saying those things because they mean a lot to me because you just do, you do your thing and you get on with it and you don't know, you don't know because if you're doing a play, you you, you feel the audience, which I haven't done a play for a very long time, but you feel the audience. I suppose if you're a musician, you know, if you've had a good gig or a shitty gig, the vibe of the place. And for you and I, we only know if we've done a, had a good day, don't we, when we're together and you go, oh, that was a good day. Yeah, we've nailed that. And then you walk away. You know, and I think it's only The Walking Dead. I've never, ever, ever in the past ever done any kind of, had anything going or vibes or anything with, with how people feel about a show but because the walking dead is its own world and there's fans and you know i joined instagram you know and i have this thing you know where you go oh you 
you you hear what people think about the show and the character and you're like oh my gosh some people hate me and some people love me and it's it's just really fascinating no no, no yeah. they don't know me but do you know what i mean whereas before i, I never read reviews never have i don't you know what I mean? So you, and, and I don't, I'm not from film school or t- sorry, uh, drama school. So I don't have like that crew where we're all like slapping each other on the back, you know, the rather massive or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know many of them because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Not my, I mean, I do now, I'm 42. I know more actors now than I ever did, but you just don't know. It's, it's really, 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 really nice to hear. And thank your wife for me because that means a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's my absolute pleasure. Like, uh, you know, I I feel like there's a lot of things you brought up in there that I would that I want to talk about. Where, but okay, here's let, let me just outline it in my head here. A, <laughs> I think that you you transcend digital. That you're 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 jump you're you're even if you you're empathically not feeling the vibe that yeah you know so you just if you're good you just you just have certain muscles you know and it 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 okay. but i understand what you're saying i understand what you're saying about um digital and you know it's it's uh it's the you know you talk about old classic rock that I fucking love and the whole thing with, you know, Jimi Hendrix and, and Bob Marley and, um, and John Lennon and everybody that, and Prince, you know, everybody that you would think would be on exactly what kind of hurts to put out were on this tip of, tuning their music to the frequency of the earth where it was like something like 40, 43.2 hertz all their music i'm not getting the number right but they 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 knew of this they knew of the har- harmony of the frequency of the earth and so they tuned their fucking music to that why and then they would mm-hmm. argue because they would demand that their their music was played at that frequency because Let's say you take water and you uh, shoot that frequency at the water. It looks beautiful on a microscopic level. It looks like a snowflake. It's like a perfect geometric, you know, sacred geometry, you know, perfect fucking snowflake. Um, But on the radio, they, they demand it's important for them to play at 44.6 hertz or whatever the fuck it is. Yeah. And then if you yeah. if you shoot that frequency at water, it looks disturbed. You know, it looks yeah. like fucking static. Now but this we're is, fucking. That's what Tesla talked about. Yes, we're 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 seventy five percent water. We're our, we're seventy five percent water. So can, you can imagine what that does to us. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it's fascinating, and I think that this is the whole thing of. You know, when we're in Serbia and learning about Nikola Tesla and like understanding yes. the fight he had with Edison and everybody, and the, you know, it's the, there's only a few patterns that the, the US government won't 
you know, they, they keep secret, don't they? And all of his stuff they've kept completely secret. You know, it's it's quite disturbing because he talked about the way electricity should be for the human body and the mind and yeah. what it shouldn't be. And they didn't listen to him. <laughs> and there's a lot of stuff that's out there that we now know. And when you, when you get into it, it's really, really fascinating. And then you look at kind of, kind of cancer and you look at all sorts of shit you know you're like well come on we're not you know it's fascinating and I think that we have to I, was, I mean I was talking to my daughter the other day about how did we get talking about it but it was it was something to do with me talking to her about our sensory our sensory abilities and what you know like when we when babies suddenly wake up and they have that jolt and how sometimes we, we wake up like that. And I said, well, maybe that, you know, it goes back to when we, you know, we didn't want to fall out of a tree because of danger or, you know, things like that. And we have to think about how, you know, people in the Amazon and tribes in the Amazon, how they describe numbers or they don't even have numbers in their vocabulary and how they talk about distance and what they see and, you know, understanding plants and, I said, what's going to, and I think we're talking about it in relation to COVID actually, and that we're going to start to learn and trust more of those things because society has been needed, you know, slowly, slowly manipulating us to be, you know, mass consumers. We just consume. That's all we ever do. We never stop and storytell anymore. You know, like, you know, now we, I don't know how many families must be sitting down, you know, kind of reading more to each other or reading or telling, you know, looking through photo albums or, you know, the phones and photos on the phone. Oh, remember when we did that? And having these kind of ancient rituals are going to come back, you know. And we have senses that have been completely nullified through food, eating the wrong food, through working, you know, and being against, was it called the Arcadian rhythm or whatever, you know, like we're against the rhythm of life so much as Westerners. Do you know what I mean? And it's just how the modern world is. And I'm not saying that we always just, you know, stop being modern and, you know, but there's something very, even on the basic level of like eating seasonally or, you know, like I was looking at like for my birthday, my sister really kindly went and got a click and collect shop for me and she dropped it off outside the house and we like wiped everything and there was a mango in there for my daughter's. It's her favourite thing. She hasn't had a mango in, you know, months and months and months. And it came from the Ivory Coast and there's a part of me that goes, that's amazing, but another part of me that wanted to weep because it's like, yeah. you, know what, you know what I'm saying? And and, yeah. and I'm rambling now. I'm going off on a tangent, but it's, it's no, oh, and I did I, know what I wanted to say about the water yeah. and the vibrations and frequencies of the earth and things is that I was watching something the other week and COVID has the most beautiful song to it. The actual, you know, when they, however they input it into the computer, it has a song. It has a beautiful song. Isn't that mad? The frequency of it or whatever they do. It has everything has a sound, whether we can hear it or right. not, on some level. And right. there were these scientists that had put the the frequency into the computer. I don't know what they did. They translated it, and it was the most beautiful thing. You know, <laughs> like, oh my god, it sounds like a bunch of angels. Whoa! You know? Whoa! Yeah. Um. 
many things you mentioned there. What? I'm not quite mad. No. Yeah. The okay. I think that Tesla is at the center of everything. Um, in all of this, I think that uh, there is an attack on our senses. There's an attack on our third eye, for sure. Um, yeah. Uh, you know, the calcification of the pineal gland is, seems like it's, you know, been uh, on the top of uh, government's list, you, you know, for years. The, did you say the pineal gland? The pineal gland is your third eye. That's the yeah. third eye. Pineal. Right. Like a pineal. pine cone. Because it looks like yeah. a pine cone. Right. And, uh, yeah, that's the third eye. You know, <laughs> I think it's all about that. I think Tesla knew about that. I think Tesla knew that um, about the whole free energy thing. You know, that there was free energy in the earth. Into that. Yeah. Yeah. There's free energy in the ether around us. There's free energy inside of us. There's free energy in everything. And we just yeah. just have to tap into the right frequency. And um, so that there are people that know this, who have stolen his information, who have warped his information, and there's and it's just everywhere, you know. It's like, mm-hmm. um, and it's being used for good, and it's being used for for evil. Uh, it's just it's crazy, but it's all his tech. And I wonder. What do you think about the five G stuff? What What do you think about five G? <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, that's warped Tesla technology. So it can be turned into a weapon. And it can be used yeah. to, you know, boost your fucking sci-fi, uh, Wi-Fi, sci-fi. Yeah. You can boost your Wi-Fi. Um, I, I, you know, if it's tuned right, I, I think if you tune it right, it can also fucking heal you. That's what I. That's what I think of it. Yeah. I think it's fucking all Tesla tech. Yeah. But I do think that there is a very strange correlation between. Um, the radiation that was coming off of these towers and radiation sickness, um, which, uh, you know, takes off many of the fucking boxes and the corona, lovely sounding corona COVID virus. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. You know, no wonder people are, you know, like I, I find it fascinating that um, many years ago now, and it is many years ago, I put the television on and the BBC, who, when you're doing a show for the BBC, you know, you're not allowed to advertise any brand, any product. You're just not allowed because it's public money and you're not allowed. They were saying, follow us on Twitter. And they start a Twitter feed. And I'm like, well, that's a private company. You're, you're actually advertising the company. There's no, no adverts on the BBC. How is that allowed? Do you know what I mean? Like that just seems so wrong and no one said anything. You know, and they kind of, the way that they, the BBC allowed social media and then they started just advertising, free advertising for these huge companies. 
that, well, they were big and now they're just, you know, big in a way that's just, you know, you know, big, like the church. They're big. Yeah. And I, that, that felt very kind of odd to me that that just went under the radar. That just happened and there was no, nobody, nobody was rioting, nobody, you know, or even, you know, debating or, you know, it, it just nothing. It just happened. And that was clearly, for me, illegal because it, it shouldn't have happened. <clears throat> and then when Wi-Fi was first introduced, I don't ever remember getting anything through my door saying, hey, so we're this company and we'd like to just blast ready, you know, this kind of low grade whatever through your head so that you can have email in a phone or, what, you know, whatever. This, this is going to happen. They just did it. Nobody was asked about it. <laughs> and when I was a kid, right? And when I was a kid, and I, when I was a kid, and I was taking ecstasy, one of the things that the social workers used to say to me when I was like coming in off my, you know, MDMA high, they'd say, well, you <laughs> see, "The reason why you shouldn't take MDMA, Sam, is because we just don't know what it's going to do to you in twenty years' time. You might feel fine now, dancing around your rave, and you're all good." but what is it going to do to your brain in 20 years time? You know, cause I was like saying, listen, I'm not, I didn't associate MDMA as like heroin. Like it was a bad thing. I just thought it was, you know, I was this kid that was into kind of sure. tangerine dream and you know what I mean? Like Brian, you know, and I was, yeah. Do you know That's what I mean? Me and my wife hooked up on it. Oh my God. Do you know what I mean? But the argument from the authorities to me is we don't know what it's going to do to you in 20 years. And so we say it's bad. And I was like, listen, my fucking stepdad is an alcoholic and he's set fire to police officers. He's been in prison all these years. Alcohol is a really nasty drug. I'd rather do a dab of MDMA than drink a bottle of wine or some beer. I didn't drink. I found it scary, scary bananas. Like, fuck that shit. But a dab of MDMA, I loved everybody. I was happy. Danced all night. Woke up the next day, I was fine. I felt, you know, obviously I shouldn't have done that because I was far too young. But my point in the, the whole thing to do with yeah. Wi-Fi is nobody ever said, hold on a minute, NHS, and all right. the GPs getting together. We're telling everyone not to do heroin. We're telling everybody not to do MDMA. We're telling everybody not to do ecstasy but it's okay for us all to get high on Wi-Fi and addicted to our phones and addicted to free technology or not free technology, you know, and the misinformation about it. I just, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not meaning to be a hypocrite because I'm here. I have my phone. I'm talking to you and I do. I have, you know, and oh, you know, what I tried to do last year. I think, had I seen you at this point? But I got rid of my iPhone for about six wow. months. And I tried wow. to go back to an a phone phone where I don't, you know, I'm going to check my computer twice a week for emails. I'll go into my office, oh my you know, my office, and I'm going to have a phone. A disaster. I couldn't function because so many things wouldn't work for yeah. me. They, they've made it, they've actually made life impossible. Yeah, you without your phone. No, yeah. not as an actor, not as, because everything's like, in, you know, your call sheet for emails now. Your, you know, your, right. you get a little text you know, but the texts are coming through from another smartphone. So they're not even, I'm not even getting the text from the, the, the first, you know, the, the second AD because they, their phone isn't com compatible with my phone. You know what I mean? It was just a joke. 
and everybody you know yeah. it's just I couldn't communicate with any of my friends or family I was like oh my god I felt like Billy no mate so even if you want to go back to some kind of it's yeah, they just make it hard they I'm do <laughs> no no it's uh, I'm gonna it's... I'm going to look up all this third eye glandy stuff. I don't know about that. I think I would. I don't. Oh, you! I'm, look I'm up so there. happy I opened the, the rabbit hole for you there. You, you um, yeah. You, I'm fairly sure that your third eye is is uh, is is very polished and new, and not calcified. <laughs> I just right. Had, okay. Uh, Good. I just okay. I just it. Uh, but um, I. Yeah, and that's the third eye is uh, it's part of your chakra system. I mean, you know all about that, right? Yeah, I mean, I know, <laughs> I know, I know that it's there. I know about my third eye, and I know that it's there, and I feel it, and I feel this, you know, and I can feel when something isn't right with my body, and that's really hard right now with COVID because I really need a massage. <laughs> I really need right, like because Harry is rubbish. You know, he's really good at loads of things. He can't, he can't, he's fucking shit in that department. And um, yeah. I just, I feel like I'd love to go and, you know, see a healer right now and say, this bit here, I feel there's a block there and that needs to go. And, you know, I can do some, you know, breathing exercises, but sometimes you just need someone to get in there, you know? Um, but I didn't know it was, it was, it was a natural gland, but it had a name and that's all I'm going to. Yeah, I think about it. The last 20 years, when you have kids, you'll know this, Dan, just they're number one, aren't they? Like all your, I suppose now Teddy's six, this is why I'm like rekindling my my relationship with literature that I read when I was, you know, before Esme came along, because I was 21 when I was pregnant with Esme. You know, so it was a 21, 22. So, it's, you know, it was kind of, I've spent 20 years being a mom. And now Teddy's, I mean, I'll always be a mum now, but, you know, Teddy's at the age now where he's able to read a book or, you know, play with his Lego for an hour without needing something, you know. So I have those little pockets of time now where I'm like, oh, you know, can do stuff. Are you still I there? Officially, yeah, I am here. I, I have officially cool. spoken to you longer than any any of my other interview guests. And it's because I, I, it's thoroughly enjoyable, and I don't know how to wrap this up. <laughs> but I, well, what you do, but, you can you can do part one, and you can finish it. And if you ever want to talk to me again, we just call it part two. It'll be like Decalogue, that TV show, Decalogue. We could just talk again whenever you want. And so we'll just say that. goodbye really quickly. We just say no, no. I would love to have you on again, and I will have you on again. And I do do part twos all the time, and we're going to do that. And you're you're fascinating, and um, I, I, I this is a great way to to wrap it up right here. Have a have a wonderful night. Happy birthday a million times. I'm Thank so happy you. we're going to do this again. Yeah. Where it's been amazing yeah. to talk to you because I've not spoken to anyone else for a very long time properly. So I've, that's why I've got spaghetti words falling out of my mouth because no, no, it's, it's, it's nice to talk, you know, it feels good for the brain, the mind. Yeah, I, I, that's, I've been doing so many of these podcasts because all I do is talk to my wife and kids all day. So I need to talk to like other adults, yeah. you know, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. Um, Bless you. I'm excited well, good for night. the finale. I can't wait to I'll say that again. I was saying, I good night. But what was the finale? You said you're excited for the finale. I am excited for the finale, and um, I think I'm going to put this episode up uh, around then to celebrate the culmination of this this amazing season, which I think was fucking great. I think it was just. Um, that's all I'm going to say about that. But um, And I think a lot of it has to do with you. Uh, so good night. Have sweet oh, dreams. and no, yeah. night. Love good you, dreams. kids. All right. Be good. Oh, take care. God bless. No, night. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye.